1: Hi, this is John Donvan. We here at Intelligence Squared want to say something about David Carr, the New York Times writer who died on Thursday night after collapsing in the Times newsroom. And it's this. David stood out to us at Intelligence Squared among the more than 400 debaters we've brought to the stage since we started nine years ago. David was among the few that we always talked about afterward as not only having stolen the show with a nice little stunt, and I'll explain what I mean about that in a bit, but also for having just been a dim, fine, honest, witty, intelligent debater. We wanted to have him back on stage someday. We waited too long, but we do have this that we can share. The record of that night, October twenty seventh, 2009.
0: Thank you, John. Thank you, John Hockenberry. Um,
1: Listen, that gravelly sound, that's the voice of David Carr.
0: Because I work the New York Times, I'm cast here as the dad in the basement at the teen party. Cool guys over there. And also, funny days. Well, I work at the New York Times. We have Fuddy-duddies,
1: yeah, right. Uh, that night, we were through. debating the value and the future of mainstream news organizations like the New York Times versus the challenge of social media like Facebook and Twitter. Some real leading lights were on the stage. NPR's John Hockenberry, Politico's Jim Vanden Hei, media critic and entrepreneur Michael Wolff, The Nation's Katrina Vanden Heuvel, and the then-editor of the San Francisco Chronicle, Phil Bronstein. The motion was good riddance to the mainstream media. And here was where David Carr stood.
0: I want you to vote against, against, against this proposition, which is a per se dumb idea. Why? Number one, I should mention, it's how I get hamburgers for my family.
1: So there is a small bit of self-interest. Here is David's real argument, beyond the hamburgers, and recall this was more than five years ago now. The mainstream media, yes, it's in trouble, and some of that is its own fault, but there's also nothing really to take its place.
0: Twitter, I love Twitter. I'm on there every damn day. But but the best links in Twitter are always, always into the data stream of mainstream media. To suggest that somehow... Um, A hand-cranked citizen media is going to supplant, for instance, New York Times has a news budget of $220 million, dozens of bureaus all over the world, many other news organizations, the same footprint. And we're going to toss that out, which is the proposition. Toss that out and uh, kick back and see what Facebook turns up. (laughs) I don't think so.
1: Along the way, David pokes some fun at himself and at the Times and how new media advocates might see them both as he battled through this debate.
0: I mean, I get it. I'm here from the New York Times, and I've received my orders from the dark overlords of the mainstream media. They put a chip in and I got to tell you, it hurts a little bit. And they also told me, if you fail tonight, do not come back to headquarters. So keep, keep that in mind. Look.
1: <laughs> but David was heartfelt in arguing that those who were dancing on the graves of the great media outlets were not seeing what is now really at risk if traditional editing and journalistic practice simply fade away.
0: Out on the web, people assemble into verticals of self-interest. They often speak only to each other. They become an echo chamber of half-truths, sometimes outright lies, without any da- real data points uh, uh, coming in. And so you end up with this sort of, a mass of people talking to each other. No one has read anything. No one knows anything. They're talking about something that someone else read, that read, that read, that read. And we end up in a meta
1: world There was a lot of good give and take that night, especially between David and Michael Wolfe, the Vanity Fair media columnist who had just launched a news aggregator site called Newser and who was positioning himself as part of the new media versus that old time New York Times.
0: Newser is an interesting model which involves either annotation or theft of other material, depending on which... Um, uh, or, or abbreviation of stuff of David Carr's stories, which are vastly too long. Who's the last okay. person who read a full David Good Carr? Good one. Good one. If Back to you, you, David
1: Carr.
0: Any of you ever read Michael in Vanity Fair? Whoa! Every word is shiny diamond.
1: Anyways. Then came the stunt that I mentioned, and this actually showed up in the documentary about the New York Times called Page One. And because this is almost entirely visual, I'm going to talk you through it. It came during David's closing statement.
0: Over time, the audience has switched to the web. The audience that's worth a buck in print is worth a dime and sometimes a penny on the
1: web. And then David held up this big sheet of paper. It was a printout of the homepage of Michael Wolf's Newser site, and it was covered with icons, each one linking to a different story. And David paid Wolf a compliment.
0: Newser's is a great looking site, and you might want to check it out. Aggregates all manner of content.
1: But then David picked up a second sheet of paper. It was the same homepage, and he said... But
0: I wonder if Michael's really thought through get rid of mainstream media content. Okay. Go ahead.
1: And then the audience could see that David had taken a razor knife and cut out all of the links on the newser homepage to stories that originated with mainstream organizations, and that left a piece of paper that was full of holes.
0: It looks like Swiss cheese, but who would want to eat Swiss cheese every day? Vote against.
1: And the applause there tells you Carr had scored. His side won that night. It was a great moment. You can see this whole debate right now on our website, iq2us.org. But we want to say thank you, David Carr. Rest in peace. And condolences from all of us at Intelligence Squared U.S., To those who loved you, and they were many, I'm John Donvan.